shoes It's Jesus in the everyday me and you The Good News in Shoes This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Join Pastor Trevor Banks and On to Perfection at 7.45 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on WCNO. A1 Auto Care of Hope Sound is a WCNO corporate underwriter. Dave and Esther Morgan have been serving Treasure Coast motorists since 1986 with the best in automotive care. A1 Auto Care is located across the railroad tracks at the next crossing south of Bridge Road in Hope Sound. A1 Auto Care is available at 546-6667 where honesty is their only policy. That's 772-546-6667. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. You know, back in the day, ordinary people would get up and they'd testify. And they'd testify. They would give this testimony about how great God did and the testimonies of healing and the testimonies of miracles. And can I just tell you that this whole place that we're sitting in this morning is a testimony of God? We moved down here with nothing in our pockets. My parents came down here with nothing in their pockets. And God had a promise and a vision and we're sitting in it. Amen. Oh, you can clap. It's a big testimony. But see, people would get up and they would testify about what God had done for them. And everybody listening to the person testifying would go, well, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. And it would stir the faith in their hearts. And they would believe that God was about to do something in their own life. And their faith would get all excited and God would transform them and they would have a testimony. Come on, amen? I got one amen. Look in your Bibles this morning in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. I'm go- Come on, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I thought he was almost done. We're just getting started. Verse 1. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place... Where the priest's feet stood firm, you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Jump down to verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. 
over, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. Somebody say it's mighty. It's mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now, the children of Israel, when Moses brought them out, out, God did everything for them. God was providing everything for them. They didn't have to have any faith. Y'all understand that, right? Moses just lifted up his rod, and all they had to do was show up. Moses was kind of like a dictator. Amen? How many know there's a stage in your Christian walk when we're baby Christians and we need somebody to help us along? And God brings people into our lives. He brings fathers into our lives. He brings brothers and sisters into our lives. That, that He operates supernaturally through them. And they help us to learn how to walk in victory. Isn't that right? And then we go through little wilderness experiences where we learn how to walk in faith. And we learn how to manifest the things of God in our life. And that's what we see taking place with the children of Israel. They're in the wilderness. They're learning the ways of God. They're, they're learning how not to live with a slave mentality because they were in Egypt for 400 years and all the only thing they ever did was learn how to be a slave. They had somebody tell them when to use the bathroom. Somebody tell them when to sit down. Somebody tell them when to stand up. Somebody tell them when to go to bed and when to go to work. Their whole identity had been trying to be taken away from them. They were trying to maintain who they are as a slave. They were used to having somebody tell them what to do. But now all of a sudden they're in the wilderness and they're learning the ways of God. They're learning the law of God. They're learning how to stand on their own. And that's where God began to transfer leadership in their life. How many know Moses was a type of a dictator? He was like a benevolent dictator and, and he had a rod in his hand. and he, he pastored the whole congregation of Israel. He'd draw a line in the sand and he'd say, okay, I'm drawing a line in the sand. You can get over here on this side with me. And if you don't get on this side with me, you can stay over on that side. And then the earth would open up and swallow them up. You either did it or you died. Come on, isn't that how it is in a dictatorship? Do it or die. And that's kind of how Moses operated. He, he, they needed somebody like that to get them over into victory. Somebody that could get them from here to there. Come on, somebody. Somebody that can get them into freedom. Sometimes you need somebody that can help you get to a place of liberty and help you get to a place of freedom. It says stand up here, sit down here, go over here, raise your hand here, walk like this, talk like this, so they can teach you the ways of the Lord. Because we don't always know the ways of the Lord when we first get saved. Isn't that right? Somebody that can help you get some victory in your life. How many of you understand this morning that God wants you to mature to a point where you don't need somebody every week to tell you how to lift your hands, praise God, read your Bible, and pray? Huh? Come on. How many know God wants to take you to a place where we don't have to have somebody get up and preach over the offering for five minutes to teach you how to tithe? It should be the fruit of your life. Come on now. How I many know we don't need somebody to get up in our life and tell us to how to treat our wife? We ought to come to a place of maturity where we understand God's teaching and His Word and His Spirit when it comes to having a relationship with our spouse. Amen? Amen. He wants to bring us to a level of maturity. Come on, so you know how to occupy. God's called us to new levels of living, new territories. He wants us to occupy the place that He's called us to. So what He does is He gets us to a place where we can become mature to occupy the land that He's called us to. So what God does is he changes the leadership style when it comes time to take them into the promised land. He says, okay, they're done with their wilderness. I don't need a dictator anymore. It's time to transfer some leadership. He didn't need a rod anymore. Amen. So he took Joshua and a team of men. He took Joshua. I think I lost some of you this morning. I said he took Joshua and a team. He took Joshua and the elders and the commanders. How many know it took team ministry to occupy the territory? There's not one single person that can occupy a territory for your life. It takes all of us working together. Amen? No one person is so anointed that they can take the territory by themselves. I don't care if he's got 20,000 people in his church. 30,000 people in his church. You can have your best life now. How many know it takes a team? 
It takes the whole body. Somebody say it takes the whole body. It takes the whole church if we're going to take this city. It takes men and women learning how to follow and operate in team ministry led by the Holy Ghost. Allowing God to flow in our individual gifts. Having them operate in unity together. Becoming a powerhouse for the kingdom of God so that we can do what God can. Someone please shout this morning. Hallelujah. Hmm. So Joshua got them ready to cross over. And in chapter 3, now listen. When they crossed the Red Sea, Moses held up the rod. And what happened? The ground opened up, the water rolled back, they went across on dry land. Isn't that right? How I many know that didn't happen at the Jordan River? It didn't happen. When they went into Canaan, the priests had to step in. In other words, they had to get their feet wet. No, come on. Hmm? Listen, I hope you're hearing me because if you're not willing to step out and get your feet wet, you'll never see the river open in your life. Huh? You say, I can't, I can't go talk to people. I can't build relationships with sinners. I'll look foolish. Exactly. Huh? Just forget about being cool. Come on now. Think about this. Joshua said, take the Ark of the Covenant, walk out in the middle of the river, and stand there until God makes a way for us. Go stand in the river until God does something. Ah, oh, come on. Hmm? Can you imagine that? Can you just imagine these guys, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant because you know if you drop it, you're going to die. Right. They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They got it up on their shoulders. They step out into the river. The river is running up around their knees somewhere, and their friends come along, and they say, hey, Victor, what you doing down there in the river? Why are you standing there holding the Ark of the Covenant down there in the river? Uh, I don't know, but my pastor told me to stand here until God does something. Okay. Okay. Hmm? He told me to hold this box until God does something. Hmm? I mean, most of us want details before we're going to do anything. Uh, could you just go over there and get me a cup glass of water? What do you need water for? I'm thirsty. Well, why are you thirsty? Didn't you get something to drink before you got to church? Uh, I'm helping you. Come on now. You know, the problem is, is we want to have supernatural encounters, but we want them with all kinds of personal guarantees. We want supernatural encounters in the church service, but don't leave me up here at the altar, Jesus, with my pants all wet and muddy. I don't want to be up here at the altar with mud all over my shoes and everybody wondering what's going on with me because I don't want to look bad. I don't want anybody to think I've got a problem, so I don't want to pray in front of anybody. Oh, come on. Listen, if you ain't willing to get your pants wet and get your shoes muddy, you aren't going to see the miracles that God's calling for you. You'll keep cycling in and out of that stuff and you'll never walk into the place that he's called you to because he's looking for a people that aren't trying to play it safe, a people that will believe the report of the Lord in the face of their enemy, a people that will say, I know who my God is. I know where he's at. He's on my side and he's in me and he's for me and he's not against me. That's who my God is. Joshua had the priest stand in the river, which actually was at flood stage. If you've been here on Wednesday night, we've been looking at this geography video, you would know that the river was at flood stage. That's what we learned. And the Bible says at a great distance away. Somebody say a great distance away. At a great distance away, it says that the waters were cut off. Huh? The waters were cut off. They were right across from the city of Jericho, standing in the water, getting their shoes wet, getting their pants wet, holding the Ark of the Covenant, and at a great distance away at a city called Adam. Somebody say Adam. Adam. The waters were cut off. Now think about this. From Adam to Jericho is 19 miles. Do you know how long it takes the water to dry up? Traveling 19 miles? I mean, they were standing in the Jordan River for a while there in the water. Hmm? 
They stepped down in the water and at 19 miles away at a city called Adam, God was already working their miracle. God was working a miracle when they stepped in the river 19, come on somebody, 19 miles away. I come to tell you this morning that you can come down here to the river of God and step in and the miracle of God is being released over you and being sent to you. You may not see the evidence of it, you may not understand it, but God is working in your life the moment you step out in faith. Come on somebody, somebody ought to praise the Lord this morning. While they stood in the water, it began to recede. And the Bible says they went over on dry ground. Amen? Dry ground. Somebody shout dry ground. Joshua told one man from each tribe to go down to the river bed. He said, go down to the river bed and get a stone. Build a memorial stone as a testimony. I'm going to try it again. Build a memorial stone as a testimony. He said, bring it out on the other side in Gilgal. Bring it out on the side where we come out. And when we get there, he says, we're going to build a testimony to what God's done down here in the Jordan. Come on, the first thing I want to tell you is this. If you're going to build a testimony, it has to come out of the middle of something. Look at your neighbor and say, it's got to come out of the middle. If you read Joshua chapter 4, you'll see the phrase, the middle of, 11 different times, out of the middle of. Get the stones from the middle of. Bring them up out of the middle of. It's in the middle of. It's the middle of. Come out of the middle of. In other words, don't pick it up off the banks. Don't go out into a field and get them. No, no, no. You bring these stones out of the middle of the miracle that you're believing God for. You bring the stones out of the middle of the crisis of your life. You bring the stones out of the middle of your storm. And you set them up as a memorial stone and a testimony of what God has done. Come on, I know we're faith people here today, amen? you either faith people or you doubt people. How many of you doubt people? I didn't think so. Touch somebody and say, I'm faith people. I'm faith people. Hallelujah. Woo, I'm either a faith preacher or a doubt preacher. Come on now. But let me say this to you. We really don't know if you have any faith if everything's going your way. If everything's looking good and everything's turning up roses every day in your life, how do we know if you've got any faith? If everything you touch turns to gold, how do we know if you got any faith? When your job's paying good, when your marriage is doing well, when the retirement's being built, when you got money put away, the kids are good, they're not sinning, they're not drugging, everything's looking great, nothing's coming against you, nobody's complaining about you, nobody's talking about you, you, you you're not worried about anything, you're not under any pressure, there's no stress in your life. You got the world by the tail. Huh? Well, how do we know if you got any faith or not, if everything's going like that in your life? Can I just tell you, we discover if you got faith in your life when all hell breaks loose. When everything's looking bad, when the children ain't right, when your head's messed up and your hair won't come together and your nails break. 